0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We're going to discuss the sex before marriage episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and I'm here with Pastor Joel. Hello. So we were just talking about, you know, the fact that these episodes might be a little bit longer. Yeah. Coming up. This is a a huge topic. Yeah,
1: big topic.
0: And right off the bat, um, you know, I want to kind of break down the history of it to see that this is only what, like, five hundred years old that you're saying. Right. That marriage has been linked with legal, a legal perspective.
1: Right. Even you know, going we talked about going back to the Council of Trent in the mid 1500s, when all of a sudden it requires marriage to be done by a priest with witnesses. That in and of itself is like, wait a minute, even that is different than what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. The Bible just talks about sexual intercourse, consensual sexual intercourse leading to marriage. You know, you, the man goes in unto her and she became his wife. But then it gets even, you know, you got 1695 with the Fleet Marriage Act is where things get even, even worse mm-hmm. when you not only require this witnesses and in front of a priest but you're also bringing in this aspect of it being a government concept and and pulling in this requiring a legal contract in order for it to be considered marriage
0: so is it control was it control was it like w- we want to know who's married what
1: that I think there's that plus the big thing here which this is this is a tough topic. We'd, we maybe would have to do an entire other episode just on marriage by itself. Mm-hmm. But this was a way of preventing men from having more than one wife. Which a lot of people would think, well, no, God prevented ma- men from having more than one wife. When, though? Starting in the New Testament? Well... We have a lot a lot to unpack there with
0: Whole some buddy. some yeah. verses
1: that have been completely demolished by Jesus and not that not that Jesus demolished, but that man has demolished. Right. Mistranslations, misunderstandings, and and we'll get into some of that in another episode. But this was really a way to prevent men from having more than one wife. So it's control. It is control.
0: So that's where all of this contract, all of it, like it came in, we need to exert more control. We need to exert more control. Yeah. So which leads us to the, you know, limitation side of the conjunctive. The limitation perspective is seeing, uh, putting an additional limitation on marriage. So it's not necessarily, it's like, you know what? God's way of people not having, you know, uh, you make a marriage covenant with someone that you have intercourse with. Well, people are still having intercourse. You know, people are still having more than one wife. People are still, you know, sexually promiscuous. Right. We need to exert more control. It'll make marriage
1: better if we add this additional limitation.
0: Of, yeah, yeah, of not only is it, well, and, you know, you could say that it's removing... God's definition, they're putting man's definition in place of that, right. making it a a contract.
1: Right. Which actually then it what's unfortunate is it leads to God's definition of marriage being forgotten and people getting married in God's eyes without knowing it. That's one of the reasons this is so damaging, is because to your point, it didn't just add to God's definition, it changed what marriage means completely. And now people are getting married in God's eyes and not knowing it. Yeah. Not knowing it at all. They're not only being controlled, but they're getting married and not knowing it. Or they're thinking they're getting married and not getting married. Like they may have already, that was another thing we talked about. They may have had a marriage covenant already struck with someone when they go to the courthouse and get married in front of a judge or whatever. Thinking they're married to one person, but actually being married to someone different altogether.
0: And so God is going to be pulling them towards their spouse. Yes. And that's where it's like your prayers could be hindered. You know, someone someone who potentially has a marriage covenant with someone else. You know, if they believe, well, you know, I was promiscuous growing up, but then I, I became a believer and gave my life to the Lord. And it's like, if you still have a covenant is, you know, that's where we ask people who've been, who've been hurt by this topic, you know, are, are, do you feel like God's answering your prayers? Do you feel like he's moving on your behalf? Do you feel like he's talking to you? Because if you have a covenant with someone else, God could be pushing you towards that person that you have a covenant with.
1: Yeah. We talk about in, in our restoration process, when we're trying to help people get out of the hole. Mm Mm-hmm get their lives back in order. One of the things we do is we'll say, here's the definition of marriage. Here's how important this is to God. If you possibly have any marriage covenants that aren't profitable, that aren't being handled well, how do you think God is going to handle that? Like this is an important topic to God. If I have a marriage covenant that I'm not aware of, I don't think there's much God's trying to get my attention in more than that. Right. So that may be one of the... So our our warning in restoration is, if your life is crappy,
0: can just, just, just consider. consider. Right. This could be one of the reasons. Right. And remember, it is consensual yeah. sexual intercourse. So right. anything that's not consensual is not covenantal
1: right and that's what we mean by consensual is covenantal it's like is this able to strike a covenant it doesn't just mean the two people want to have sex it means they want to and they're both open to a covenant so there would be nothing getting in the way of these two people covenanting with each other
0: right so then our our defense strategy with the people on the stricter limitation side was to ask them their definition of marriage. Yes. Which I, th- I, th- I think that's great um, because we're getting down, again, to the, to the definition and the limitation that people are presenting in order to get more control, in order to exert more control on the person so that this behavior doesn't happen.
1: I find it interesting how hard of a time people have in defining this as well. For it being a topic that everybody's aware of, Everybody's been impacted by marriage. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the people on earth, in some way, shape, or form, have marriage somewhere in line with their plan for happiness. Yet when they're asked to define it, it's like, whoa, wait a minute.
0: I don't know. And yeah, that's alarming. Right. And so... I find that people on the strict side, they will say, you know, to obey the laws of the land like you were saying in yeah. support of the contract, right. It's like, you know what? Marriage is a, is a legal contract. So one of the ways to address that with people who've been hurt is to basically say, do you feel the same way about divorce as the government does? Yeah, that's you know, good. or do you are you holding, the laws of the land as serious as the marriage issue. Right. Are you to the letter following the law? But again, it's just I want to ensure that this result happens, so I'm going to pick from the law of and that's yeah. when I hear people address it. The laws of the land is when it comes to marriage. Yeah they're holding up the law as the authority.
1: And it serves them in that context is right. when they're using it, right? No right. One, like are they are they using all the laws
0: of the land in the way they're using this one?
1: But it, and this reminded me of the voting thing. I think you made such a great point in that episode where it is just like, wait a minute, are you saying I have to get married then? But to your point, the the you know these Bible verses never that talk about submitting to the laws of the land were never meant to be instructing us to do that above or in place of the Word of God, and that's what's happening here is. It's not just I'm following the laws of the land by getting married according to this legal document. It's I'm doing this in place of what God has said marriage is. Right. And that's where it's massively damaging.
0: Nice. That's awesome. So then we got a call.
1: Pastor Dick. Yeah. So He Pastor agreed Dick. with us.
0: Wasn't that awesome? Yeah.
1: For a little bit.
0: <laughs> and then he
1: kept talking. <laughs> yeah, he did. He had a lot to say this time.
0: He really did. And again, man, I don't I don't know if you've heard of, all, of of these courses and these classes where people go and they a lot of people that grew up in the church yep. had Purity Rings, had the 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 contract that they signed, and to pretty much everyone that I've heard that experienced that, it did nothing. No. The intention was to help. Um, you know teenagers and young kids not do damage right that was what they were preventing they didn't want you know well-intentioned parents are out there saying i don't want my kids to experience the scars and the damage that i felt growing up but it just added another limitation
1: it really did and you know it's like yeah so we don't want our we don't want our teenage kids getting married So we'll tell them, don't have sex. It's wrong. It's a sin. You're breaking this contract you created with your dad or your mom. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work. I'd love to ask these... I'd love to ask Pastor Tater if that worked for him. You know, he's wanting to look... He's wanting us to show him our (laughs) our purity ring. Sorry, Pastor Tater. I don't have one to show you. But I also... I've found, especially in our journey of of uh, helping men, males become men and and I'm a dad too and I got a teenage son. The stuff I'm trying to teach him isn't don't have sex. This never works. Telling people not to do something nope. doesn't work as a strategy of changing their behavior. If anything, it's more likely they'll do it. But if you teach them what marriage really is and that was what I loved about it gave us an opportunity to talk about how the real way to help these teenagers be more respectful of what sexual intercourse is, is by teaching them that well, go ahead. If you want to get married,
0: you're ready to get married. Uh, we've, to, we've yep. said that in these men, men's mm-hmm. courses, yep. do you want to get married? Are you ready for that? Are you ready to share everything that you have, do and are with her. Or are you ready to share all that you have, do, and are with him?
1: Right. And then, I mean, for the men too, it's like, are you ready to be the husband to this woman? And to care for, are you ready for God to call on you as responsible?
0: responsible. To
1: nourish and cherish this woman? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right. Then you might not want to start a marriage covenant by having this sexual intercourse.
0: Right. So also we talked about the the fornication stuff. Yeah. So the fornication issue. Um just to give some additional commentary. Fornication sexual sexual fornication or sex sexual immorality as a form of fornication. What are other fornication things?
1: So fornication would be any any behavior that's that's a result of unbelief. So fornication means committing idolatry and idolatry means idol worship so anything that i am worshiping or sending my value to or or propping up as a high place in my life would be a anything that's really in place of god the creator my where my my focus and praise goes to could be in line with that so it it could be like in the old testament a lot of these the hot where the high places were yeah would be an example of fornication. These were fornicators. When they went to a high place and worshiped these groves or these, you know, images that were created of other gods. That was fornication. So in our day and age today, it could be any it could be anything. Wor- One of the things it could be is things we see like pornography. Right. Is an example of fornication. Right. And it's worshipping an image. It's mm-hmm. And, and uh, so, therefore, idolatry. So, it isn't just sexual. Now, it can be, I can give of myself to a woman as an idol. At, I'm just worshiping who she, or what she looks like in her appearance. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. can be a form of fornication, but that's it's not limited to that.
0: Right, so... Your fornication fornication just so i understand fornication is idol worship right so anything and that so that means that i can be an idol right i can worship myself right i can be right. anytime i'm doing things for my benefit at the expense of everyone and in, and including god right i'm being an idol yeah and that is fornication it is And that is getting down to a much deeper, deeper, deeper issue where we go, oh, that's so stupid that people back in the day used to go and worship eh, idols? Yeah, Yeah. and look at this, Mm -hmm. you know, this pole or whatever and beat some drums and stuff like that. But how often are we. Doing things for my benefit, how often am I doing things for my benefit at the expense of the people around me?
1: Right, or even just celebrity worship these days. I'm, I'm, I've am never seen these celebrities before in person. I don't know who they are, but they have this appearance. I see them through my TV screen. I see them on Instagram or on Facebook. And I'm just completely focused on looking like them and being like them and wanting their approval and right. affirmation. Man, fornication is oh. not. it does not necessarily have to do with sexual
0: immorality, right? But that is that the sexual immorality is, is again, that's in effect,
1: it is. And then we've turned that into sexual immorality is sex before marriage
0: mm-hmm. or sex outside of marriage, right? So it is, it's like the strict perspective is, you know, it talks about in the Bible, like when you. Uh, when you're sexually immoral, you're sinning against your own body mm, as yeah. well. So that makes it sound even worse. Right. So we need to make sure, we, we need to doubly make sure that this doesn't happen. Because we don't want our kids to sin against God and their own bodies. Right. So they have all of this energy. How do we uh, How do we prevent them from doing this? It's a sin. It's wrong. Don't do it. Contract with me. Contract right. with Jesus. You know, like, and wear a ring and pinky swear yeah
1: like so you promised so now what you promised so so whose benefits that for <laughs> so me as the parent can rest easy yeah. because I did everything I could to scare the crap out of my kid from having sex before marriage yeah well yeah except for teaching what marriage actually is and how <laughs> it actually starts according to God's word right
0: yeah. So then flipping to the loose perspective, it was just essentially you could basically have sex with whomever and just...
1: Yeah, and that, I mean, this one's very common. Yeah. I think this is where most people land is like this, well, outside the church, especially. It's like, it, we're. I mean, especially in this day and age where we're really getting to this point of, it's almost like this this next wave of free love, and which is great, right? Like we all should love each other, but it being expressed in this very sexual manner and, hmm. and what we're seeing is people still not, because of the stigma of sex in our culture today is diminishing, which is good in a part. It should lead us to be able to talk more openly about this topic, which is one mm-hmm. of the issues. Right. Is because this topic has been taboo to talk about, people have believed things and not had a safe place to express and ask questions and stuff like that but but now the pendulum's swinging all the way to the other end the yeah. loose side is now people are completely free and there's no consequences to sex
0: which is amazing because you presented um you know sex before marriage and the loose side is still people believing that it's a contract right So, both sides are believing that it is a contract. So, therefore, you know what? When I want to settle down, then I'll sign a piece of paper. Right. (laughs) That says I'm settling down. But before that, I'm just going to go sow my wild oats. Sow my, yep. Right? Sow your oats. You don't, there's no consequence. Doesn't
1: matter. Just be be safe. Right. You know, we don't want to, because, so what's the big, on the freedom side, the only thing is, Trying to be safe, meaning, well, we don't want unwanted pregnancies. We don't want disease and stuff like that. Right. But it's never like we're doing anything wrong. Right. It's just we still need to protect ourselves, but go ahead. Is Like, if there is... So
0: you're trying to... Hey, you're trying to find the person do you wanna that wanna, you like.
1: Do you want to buy a pair of shoes without trying them on first? Right. I've actually had been given that advice before. And it's, it's scary because... Are you
0: confronting me right now? <laughs>
1: It was you who gave me the
0: advice. <laughs> no, for everyone that's listening, I did not give him that advice. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, so that's a good point. That both both sides do believe marriage is a contract. I think yeah. the people on the freedom side are the ones that are really proving it out though, where it's it's so it's so far away from Marriage and sex are two completely different things. And, but on the limitation side and in the church in particular, I've had plenty of conversations about this topic with pastors and leaders. And and they, I usually don't get disagreed with about sex being marriage in God's eyes. But where the disagreement does come in is the importance or the necessity of this legal contract with it. Right. So they're still treating, like, yeah, they might say they agree, like Pastor Tater. But is he counseling people according to God's word? Or is he counseling people according to what they need to do before they sign this legal contract? And that's where, again, what's proven out is they don't actually believe sex is marriage. They believe this legal contract is. Even even the people on Pastor Tater's side. So I wonder... What he's actually agreeing on uh, with us in wow, and what his behavior is actually showing.
0: Because the the you know the ceremony, the signing right. of the contract, like is that is that what we're seeing be celebrated in the church? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is the part the party, the contract, the dresses, the all of this, the all of the stuff that happens. We're celebrating that and then the legal contract. Right. And now you're married versus when did you cut the covenant? Right. Let's celebrate that. Yep. Let's celebrate that day. You want to do that? (laughs) That's what they did in the Bible, right? Yeah. And
1: it does not happen anymore. I think that goes back to the taboo. Now we have, like, because sex is what? Maybe the most intimate thing that there is between two people, sexual intercourse. Does take a big level level of vulnerability to talk about it with people. Yeah. So what's easier is you know what? That's just not a topic we talk about. Right. You talk about that when behind closed doors. You don't you don't talk about what it actually means or how to actually deal with it. Which then leads to what? These teenagers figuring out the rules for themselves.
0: Mm, deciding yeah.
1: what's right and what's wrong. And then us parents being all frustrated that their teenagers are being promiscuous when we were the ones who were too afraid to bring the topic up in the first place.
0: Wow. So it is, it's either we got basically two sides that are like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough by just teaching that marriage is consensual sexual intercourse. That doesn't feel like enough. Do they really take it seriously?
1: So I need proof that I've done enough.
0: <laughs> right. I have framed
1: in my room a signature of my son saying, I'm committed to being married to Christ. Right. Or whatever.
0: Right. Or they just they just label it as a sin and don't talk about right. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, Pastor Joel, we talked about the the three levels of self-esteem and what you see in people responding to these to these issues in right. the church, you started with a low self-esteem perspective.
1: Yeah. So the people we feel sorry for are the low self-esteem, right? Right. And that is just blatantly just the people who are having sex not knowing it's marriage. People having sex for their own benefit, for their own pleasure, one-night stands, stuff like that. It's a bummer.
0: Right. And one of the things that we've done to help people... um is really understanding the, the definition of sex, what sex is. That right. sex is intimately touching someone else for their benefit. Sexual intercourse is a covenant, but you know, sex intimately touching someone for their benefit um, has really f- helped a lot of people who've been hurt by church.
1: Right. So, what would be someone? So, someone who's touch intimately touching someone else for their benefit for for their own benefit
0: yeah we and we call that groping
1: so so really what we're saying here is the people we feel sorry for are the people who think they're having sex but they're actually groping
0: bingo. The other person
1: bingo and that is a huge bummer
0: exactly so what we've done is we've helped people heal you know and you can help people heal by showing them was that sex was that were you intimately touching them for their benefit or for your benefit Right. and then that gets you know we've seen both men and women just incredibly healed because that person wasn't having sex with me that person was groping me right
1: so now i have another tree in my brain another word in my brain to categorize all the times someone touched me for their own benefit that's groping yep And now all those negative experiences don't have to be tied to the good experiences I do have possibly with my spouse. So all these groping experiences from my past are tainting my sexual relationship with my spouse. Having these definitions of sex and groping actually are repairing that and making people and making marriages have a healthier sex life because of it, which is really exciting.
0: It is. It's so, it's so cool.
1: Then there's the mid-self-esteem, the people we understand. This this is like the the not bad. Um we we get it. Like in a lot of this is like, okay, maybe it's the people who are like, I did abstain. I did, I'm still a virgin, I didn't have sex, and now I'm ready to settle down. I met somebody that I want to share everything I have to an hour with. And I'm gonna have this marriage with this person so I can finally have sex. It's like, okay, I get it. However, what that's still doing is making sex a cause. Mm -hmm. And and eventually these people need to find ways to spice up their sex life because that's what's what you said is the fuel in their marriage, which Mm -hmm. is great. So how do I keep adding fuel to this? So I need to keep reading all these books. I need to maybe, you know, some of these books are telling the wives it's your job to, you know.
0: Your wifely duty.
1: Your wifely duty to, you know, have sex with your husband. And, yep. And, you know, and these books are telling the husbands, take the trash out, dude, so you can so have you sex. So you can get it, yep. And it's all these strategies for how they can spice up their sex life. And it's a bummer.
0: That sounds very unspicy.
1: It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> And then the ultimate, the people we look up to, the people we're impressed with are those who, the high self-esteem, where they do recognize, I don't need to see sex as something that I need to get. If I'm in a healthy marriage and I have these opportunities to express that love to my spouse through multiple facets, one of the things that is a result is my spouse will want to give back to me and I won't have to worry about how I'm getting mine. We can both see sex or everything in our marriage, but sex in particular, as an ex- as as a way for us to give to one another. So, awesome. And that's where I love the I love the ending we did on that one. We're really explaining why mm-hmm. sex. Instinctively, we do know we may not consciously understand the right way to do this, but but instinctively, unconsciously calling it making love is really shows us how it ought to be done.
0: Right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Joel. And thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.